you have your Bibles today, you can open up to Acts chapter 2. Uh, we're going to get there in just a second. We're continuing our series called Highlights, and I'm always uh, honored to be able to speak. And uh, this weekend, I'm, I'm excited about speaking. I'm passionate about what I'm speaking about today. And um, over the last several months, I've had the opportunity to uh, be at the West Campus quite a bit and, and be there on Sunday mornings. And it's pretty incredible to see what God is doing through video. Uh, at a movie theater, okay? It's, it's pretty awesome to see that just over a year into this, to see, you know, 180 people or so that are worshiping together and they're, they're watching this message right now. It's pretty incredible to see what God is doing, and I'm honored to be able to be a part of that. And I found out, though, in Germantown campus, I have to apologize a little bit, I found out that my kids prefer the West Campus, okay? I'm sorry, I'm sorry to break it to you, uh, but what kid doesn't like going to the movie theater, okay? And they're offered 3D glasses on their way into church. I mean, because they don't know who's here for church and who's here for a movie and all that kind of stuff. But don't sneak in West Campus. It's not okay to do that. But uh, they love going to the movie theater. I mean, they used to get, get excited about it. And this past week, we, or actually two weeks ago, uh, we were going to a movie as a family. It was like the first time that all of us have gone to a movie together. And so we were excited and getting ready to see Ice Age 4, just awesome. You get to see all these kid movies as a parent now. It's, it's a lot of fun. But uh, we go to Ice, Ice Age 4. We pull into the parking lot, and it wasn't the Majestic, but it was a different Marcus Theater. And we pull into the parking lot, and from the back seat, my kids start yelling, are we going to church? Yes! And, then, and they're, they're seriously, like, excited about going to church. And I had to break it to them, and they were literally deflated by the fact that we were just going to a movie and that we weren't going to church, I had to calm them down a little bit with some popcorn and some raisinets and some soda and fill them up with all sorts of junk. But uh, it, it, was a, it was kind of an interesting experience. But they love going to church. My kids, that, that literally is one of the highlights of their week. And, uh, and they don't just go to one service or two services. My, my kids go to three or four <laughs> every single weekend. And they love going to church. And I, I hope and I pray that they never lose that love for church. Now, I can tell you with sincerity that I absolutely love the local church. I really do. And you might be saying, well, Ryan, well, come on, man, you work at church, okay? That's kind of like the company line. You kind of have to say that. You know, who, you know, do you have to preach this message today? Do you, are you supposed to preach on the church because this is kind of what you do? This, you, you know, you want to, you, 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 you know, be, uh, you know, a proponent of what you're selling type of a thing. But I tell you, my, my passion for the church came long before I ever uh, was working at a church. I, I'm the type of person, I grew up at church, okay? And I almost mean that quite literally. I mean, I was in the type of family that we were at church all the time. How many, how many of you guys were in a church like that growing up, that you were just, the doors were open and we were there. My mom was on staff for most of my upbringing at a different church, and so uh, we were just there all the time. And you had to be bleeding from the eyes to not go to church. I mean, you had to like, I remember sometimes telling my mom and dad, I'm sick. I, can't, I don't feel good. I can't go to church. And they'd say, get in the van. I don't care. And, and we would go to church. And twice I threw up at church. And my parents didn't even drive me home after that. They actually made, made me wait until service was done. And then I could go home after that. I mean, it just... It was not a good excuse. I can probably literally count on two hands 
the number of times that I've missed a Sunday at church to this day. And most of those have been like since I've been an adult, if I'm just to be honest with you. Like I just, we just didn't miss church. You just don't miss church. But I am so glad uh, for, for my upbringing that my parents were, were people that uh, at times made us go to church, but I love the local church as a result of that. And I know there's some parents that get, get all weird about it, and I don't, don't want to push, and I don't want to force my kids to go to church. And I'm just going to tell you, I think that that is all baloney. I think that it is just fine to say, you're, we're going to church, we're going to get our Sunday best on, and we're going to go, because that's what we do. And I'm so thankful for that. I love the local church. Some of my greatest memories are at church. Some of my actually near-death experiences are also at church as well. I had a crazy kids pastor. Uh, we don't hire crazy kids pastors here, but uh, we, I had a crazy kids pastor that would pull us around on a sled behind a motorcycle on a frozen lake, okay, just like stuff like that. Um, he told all of us that we were going to Guatemala on a missions trip. I was in first grade. And it was like, no, wait, we can't do that. And uh, let's back up the train a little bit. These kids are in first grade. Let's not do that. But I, I love my experience at church. Uh, on, a, on a more serious note, I mean, it's where I gave my life to Christ. It's where I got baptized. It's where, you know, I, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's where I was called into ministry. It's, it's where that, uh, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time at the altar praying and seeking God at church. And today, I've given my life to the local church. And so, I mean, there might not be a ton of things that I can speak with, like, all sorts of, uh, of credibility on, but the local church is one of them. I mean, I've, I've, I've done it since day one, and I've bought into it. I've bought into the vision of the local church, and I absolutely love the church. But I'd be naive to think today that everybody has a love for the local church. I'd be naive to think that every Christ follower loves the local church the same way that I do. In fact, I've heard a, a lot of Christ followers complain about the church. I've heard Christ followers be critical about the church. And some of them, they've had legitimately a bad experience at church. And I apologize, you know, for your bad experience at church. Uh, you know, I really do. But there's, there's times where people just become critical about church, and there's times where, you know, they've seen corruption in church. They've seen moral failure among church leaders, and rightfully so, they, they, they get a little jaded about the local church. I've seen, I've seen church splits, and I've seen people get bent out of shape over, over people saying this or that, and, and adults acting like children <laughs> at church, if truth be told. I mean, I've seen it all, and there's a lot of people that have become very jaded about their view of church, and as a result, church has become more of an obligation. You know, like, I, oh, I'm supposed to go, let's come on, let's get, get the kids ready, let's, let, let's go to church. Or it's become maybe a, a type of a thing where um, it's a gather and cater mentality, where we'll go to church, but I want my parking spot, I want my seat, I want the songs done the way I like them, I want you to preach this certain way, or I want the church experience to be like this, and it's become a catering type of mentality. And it bothers me deeply when people don't love the local church. In fact, I recently had uh, a moment where somebody that I know very, very well was talking to me uh, negatively about the local church. And I don't snap very often, but I, like, I, I snapped a little bit. I was like, no, no, no. Don't be talking 
that way about the local church. The Bible refers to the church as the bride of Christ. Don't get in between Jesus and his woman. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it will not go well with you. You don't want to get in the middle of that. Don't talk about the local church that way. Jesus loves the local church, and we ought to love the things that Jesus loves. And I, uh, you know, I'm pretty amazed by the story of how the church began, where Jesus is just, you know, he has a three-year ministry on earth. He has 12 men that are following him, his disciples. And he goes to them, he's like, I'm about to leave, and I'm going to challenge you, and I'm, I want to build my church with you guys, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I mean, it's a pretty bold claim, a man that has 12 followers saying the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But here we sit, 2,000 years later, and across the world, there's, there will literally be billions of people gathered together to worship the one true God, our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. It's pretty incredible, the, the story of the local church. And too often, I think, we can become apathetic about the local church if we're not careful. We can become all about maybe attending or going to church instead of really being the church and instead of loving the church. And I know that I risk preaching to the choir today because you guys are all here and, and you came and you're ready and there's a lot of people, man, we just, at Life Church, there's a high percentage of people that just love the church and I, I get that. But I think it's important that every once in a while we remind ourselves of what the local church is, is all about. And what we're supposed to do, any puzzle people out there, you like puzzles? Okay, I don't get you if you raise your hand. I don't like puzzles at all, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I've been doing a lot of puzzles lately with my daughter. And one of the things that I've learned is that you need to look at the picture. Okay, that's one of the most important things is you need to constantly look at the picture to know what the end product is going to be. And, and the Bible gives us a pretty clear picture of what the local church is supposed to be about in Acts chapter 2, and I think it's important that we look back to that picture every so often and remind ourselves this is what the local church is all about. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 44, it says this. It's going to be on the screens. Now all who believed were, to, were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not a very complicated preacher. I'm not going to uh, draw out some, you know, just hidden message in this passage of Scripture. But I want to remind us of a few things, four things in particular, out of this passage of Scripture that we are to be about as Christ followers. If you're taking notes, the first thing is this. Everyone was together. I know uh, you're, you're thinking, wow, that's deep, Ryan. That's, you, you, you found that in that passage of Scripture. But it says in verse 44, Now all who believed were together. The early church understood the importance of being together. And you know what? I think this, this goes very much against our American individualized culture. We can be very isolated at times as individuals. I can be very guilty of being an isolated individual if I'm not careful. I think we all have tendencies to, to do this. And I'm not just talking to the introverts here today. I think we all have a tendency sometimes to be isolated and not necessarily think that we need each other. 
You know, I was reading through an article that was talking about different statistics about, um, about people being more isolated, and it said things like 33, uh, the, the average person spends 33% less time with their neighbors than they did 25 years ago. And that going, you know, having a night with your neighbors, excuse me, having people over to your house is down 45% over the last 25 years. People are just hanging out with people less and less. This concept of being individualized is, is more and more prevalent in our society. And I think sometimes we're okay with it because, you know, we don't see the importance in, of needing each other. Sometimes we think, if I got God, all I, all I need is God, all I need is Jesus, I don't need everybody else. I kind of can do this thing on my own. And I think that that's a very dangerous place to be because the Bible is very opposed to that type of mentality. In fact, right away in Scripture, you read in, in the book of Genesis that God created the heavens and the earth. He created the beast of the field, the birds of the air. He created everything in existence. He created man, and, then he, and everything's perfect. There's no sin in the world. Everything's perfect. And he says, no, 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 it's not good. It's not good. It's not good for man to be alone, and so he creates woman. It's not good. Our, our God is a God of community. It's not good for us to be alone. Even God himself is a communal God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We could preach a whole message on that today, uh, but the fact that God is a communal God and we're supposed to reflect the image of God, we can't do that by ourselves. We need each other. You know, the fact that Jesus walked the face of this earth and grabs 12 disciples and lived life with them, said, I need you guys. Jesus needed community. We need each other. We need each other. Anybody, uh, anybody watch Shark Week? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Shark Week on, on Discovery Channel. It's coming up. Mark it on your calendar. I think it starts August 12th, right when the Olympics are done. Shark Week is on, so it, it's a good thing. But Shark Week, I was watching this episode of Shark Week. They have all the reruns and stuff on, on Netflix. You can watch all the Shark Weeks. And so I'm watching this one, and, and they, were, they were talking about, and every time it's this crazy guy on a ship that's yelling into the camera, and it's, kinda, it's like raining, and he's like, we're going to test this theory that if we take one decoy seal and put it out into the ocean by itself, and then we t- I'm not going to talk like that forever, but, but the, the point was they took one seal, put it out in the ocean, and then they took a bunch of other seals, put them in this little group, and, they, and he was like, we're going to test this theory that the sharks are going to attack the one that's by itself. And sure enough, I mean, they're, they're watching this thing, and this shark comes out of the water and just destroys this decoy seal. And the ones that are left in their group are completely untouched, unharmed. They never attack them. And so he's like, so if you're ever in shark-infested waters, which I'm like, okay, there's your sign right there. If you're ever in shark-infested in waters, stay together, stay in a group. And I'm thinking, how about get out of the shark-infested waters? But even in nature, there's this principle of needing to be together. And you know, the Bible talks about in 1 Peter that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I think it's very dangerous when we're isolated by ourselves that the devil is waiting for that opportunity to attack. I think it's a very dangerous place to be when we don't think that we need each other. The early church understood we need each other. The second thing that they realized is everyone was known. Everyone was known. Verse 44 continues, it says, and they had all things in common. Now, they don't literally mean that they, everybody liked all the same things. Um, that would be a difficult thing right here because 
not all of us, believe it or not, have the same sports allegiances in here, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, we don't have everything in common as a local church, but what, what the point of it is is that we do life together. That's what we're supposed to do as a church is not just, not just be together. We can be together and be completely anonymous. You ever been to a coffee shop where, I think it's interesting because coffee shops pride themselves on being a community, and we're a community, and we do all these things together. And maybe some coffee shops are this way, but the ones that I've been in, you go in, I was in, in Altera this past week, you go in and there's people scattered by themselves with their earbuds in, working on their computer, listening to music, and none of them talk to each other. I mean, it's like you're in there, they're completely by themselves, but they're like, oh, we're together, it's this community. You can be together all day long, but that doesn't mean that you know each other. That doesn't mean that you're really living life together. Why is that important? You might say, well, I don't need to bear my soul to anybody. I don't need to, you know, I, I just, I'm just going to come to church, slip in, slip out. I'm, I'm not going to get involved. I don't want to have some, you know, soapbox session with anybody. I, I'm not going to bear my soul to anybody. But the Bible, however, teaches a different story. In fact, did you know that two-thirds of the New Testament commands are impossible to do by yourself? I mean, one of them in particular, you read the book of James, and it talks about how that we, um, we confess our sins to God for forgiveness, but we confess our sins to each other for healing. You know, I mean, you can read for it for yourself. There's two-thirds of the commands we can't do by ourselves. I'm going to read you a few of them, uh, if you don't mind today. Loving one another, forgiving one another, accepting one another, bearing with one another, being devoted to one another, honoring one another above ourselves, greeting one another, being hospitable to one another, being kind and compassionate to one another, sharing with one another, serving one another, carrying one another's burdens, building up one another, encouraging one another, spurring one another on towards love and good deeds, instructing one another, praying for one another, confessing your sins to one another, being of the same mind toward one another, and submitting to one another, just to name a few. The New Testament is all about doing life together. This concept of doing life as a Christian by yourself, isolated, where you just kind of slip into church and slip out, is a completely foreign concept to what we see in Scripture. We are to know and to be known. We're not meant to be anonymous in church. And some of you might be thinking, well, Ryan, I just I don't know anybody and nobody's come up to me and said hi. And I, you know, there, there's people that have, have at many occasions made that comment to me. Well, nobody said hi to me. Nobody came and introduced themselves to me. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I'm going to do this. Would everybody just stand up for a second? This is, I don't mean, West Campus, I can see you. Stand up for just a second. I see you. Do me a favor, turn around and, and, and identify somebody in here. We asked you to do this earlier, but many of you didn't, okay? So I, I was watching. Uh, find somebody that you do not know their name. Go up to them right now in, in, in the next 10 seconds and say, it's nice to meet you. My name is blank, fill in the blank, and then you can turn around and be seated. 10 seconds. There you go, right now. All right, guys, you don't need to get too friendly here. You can go ahead and sit down. We don't want to. 
all the extroverts were so excited about that moment. And all the introverts were just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're doing this right now. This is the, you, you started to get a little flustered. Turn around and just say hi to somebody. You know, I'm just going to tell you that if you've been going to church here for about six weeks, you're a veteran. You've been coming here a long time, and so you're the person that should be introducing yourself to other people and saying hi to each other. And you know what? I'm just going to tell you, I think we do a great job of this at Life Church. I think uh, you guys are a very warm and welcoming church, but you know, just say hi to somebody. Let's live life together. Let's not pretend like we have no peripheral vision and that we don't see people around us. Let's live life together. And sometimes it's very counterintuitive to our culture and the way that we live because, you know, I was at the Washington County Fair this past week and I watched thousands of people never say a word to each other. I mean, just walk around like little, you know, like they're just going to do their thing and ride rides and eat food, but never talk to, you know, let's just live life together. Let's be friendly. Let's talk to each other. Let's be known by each other. At Life Church, one thing we do is we ask you, get in a life group. We provide an opportunity to get in a life group. And some of you are like, well, I, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to like everybody in my life group. Well, the good news is we, we only do 12-week sections of, of life groups. And so if it's not a good fit, try a different life group. But get involved in a life group. That's what the church is all about, is to, is to be known by each other. The third thing that the church did was that everyone was needed. Everyone was needed. Verse 45 says, and, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. These people were completely sold out to the vision of the church. And they realized that everybody was needed. Everybody had to play a part to make this church a success. I'm just going to tell you, if we're going to reach the city of Milwaukee, if we're going to reach, you know, southeast Wisconsin, it's going to happen because everybody participates. Everybody is involved. And at Life Church, we talk about a lot of different ways that you can be involved, but the three main ones are give of your time, your talent, and your treasure. Those three things, that's, 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 we try to make it very concise. We try to make it very easy for you to get involved, your time and your talent. Did you know that every single weekend it takes about 200 volunteers, about 190 volunteers to make all the weekend experiences happen, to make all, just everything that needs to go on. Every single week takes about 190 volunteers to pull that off. We need people. We can't do it without people. We need you to give of your time and your talent. And we unashamedly are going to keep continue to ask you, but if you call Life Church your church home, we need you to get involved. You know, there's, a, there's about 2,000 people that call Life Church their church home. Uh, every week, about 1,200 people are here at one time, but there's about 2,000 that call it their church home. We have about 500 volunteers, which sounds like a big number. It's 25%. You know, <laughs> we're always going to need more people. There could be 500 people that sign up for a volunteer ministry this weekend. And we would be able to fill every single one. We'd be able to put you somewhere in ministry. We need people. We have people that clean the facilities every single Thursday night uh, here at the Germantown campus. We have uh, people, we, we probably have about five or six what would be staff positions if, if we didn't use people, but people that are here doing data entry throughout the course of the week. You ever call into Life Church? you're going to talk to a volunteer because they're our front office uh, reception is done through volunteers. It's pretty incredible what happens when the church is the church and people get involved. But we need everybody. 
We need you to get involved, to give you your time and your talent. Go to LifeTrack if that's, if that's you. If you're kind of like, maybe I should get involved. I, I don't know yet. I'm kind of just checking things out, and I get that. If you're coming in and, it's, and you're new and you're trying to figure things out, don't, don't feel, I don't want you to feel pressured today. But if this is where you go to church, then get involved. The, the other thing that we ask, is, 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 we, we talk about all the time and we talk about unashamedly is to give of your treasure. And the reason why when Pastor Aaron preaches and when we talk about the offering, we talk about it pretty passionately and without apologies uh, because the Bible commands it to bring the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And some people get a little bit weird about the tithe, if we're just to be honest. The New Testament church that we talk about asked that you give 100% of everything that you own, bring it to the church, and then they gave it out accordingly as people had need. I think 10%, we tried to go a little bit more conservative with that, but the Bible talks about 10%, give 10% of what you, of what you make to the local church. I'm just going to tell you that Brian Houston said it first, but I'm going to steal it. He said that getting the gospel out, uh, excuse me, the gospel is free, but getting the message out is very, very expensive. And if we're going to reach this city for Jesus Christ, it's going to take everybody getting involved. Everybody was needed in the first church. And the last thing that we see is this. Number four, everyone was welcome. And this one is huge. Everybody was welcome. Verse 47 says, And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. It's pretty apparent that new people were coming into the church on a regular basis, on a daily basis. And I have to imagine it was because they were welcome to come in. The Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. This is not the case in every church in America. In fact, you probably would be a little bit saddened to know that 80 to 85% of churches in America are plateaued or declined. Now, there's some, I'm, I'm telling you, that 15%, 15 to 20%, there's some churches doing some incredible things, and I, I think you're, you're a part of one today. We're doing some pretty incredible things, and we're growing, and, and, and God is moving, and God is working. But there's a lot of churches that I believe have closed their doors to outsiders. And, and church has become all about being good church people. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, if you've ever had to narrate a service for somebody. Uh, I grew up in, in a church where occasionally if, if we brought a first-time guest, we'd have to kind of narrate the service a little bit. Like we'd have to say, well, okay, this person is about to sing, and they're not good at all, but they are allowed to sing because they're a board member's wife, okay? So I'm just going to, I got to explain that to you. And there's this lady on this third row with a tambourine, and it's, it's about to get weird in here. I'm just going to tell you. But she's kind of allowed to do that. And you have to, like, explain things, or you have to explain things to somebody that you bring because it's so, it, it's like, it's a foreign concept to them. It's very apparent that a lot of churches have put up barriers for people to come to faith in Jesus Christ, and I believe that the only stumbling block that, that, should be, that should exist at a church for somebody to come to faith in Jesus Christ is the message of the cross and Jesus crucified because there will be people that will stumble over that. There will be people that will have a problem with that. There will be people that that will turn off and they will leave a church because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we shouldn't be putting up any other barriers that get in the way of people uh, coming to faith in, in Jesus Christ. That's why at Life Church we... As a staff, we constantly ask the question, is there anything that we're doing that's getting in the way of people coming to church, people coming to faith in Jesus Christ? And we're very, uh, we try to be very intentional 
about this. That's why uh, at Life Church we unapologetically gear our services. We make sure that everything that's done in our services is understandable to the first-time guest. We, and, and some churches, you might, some people have a problem with that because they're like, oh, they've gotten too seeker-sensitive. Well, if we're not after people who are seekers, then what are we doing? What are, are we here, here for? Yes, we're trying to equip the saints, and I think we can do both at the same time, that we can equip the saints and serve the seeker at the same time. And so some of you, if you've been coming to Life Church for any amount of time, you might get tired of hearing about first-time guests. You might get tired of uh, every single week we talk about if you're a first-time guest and, and, we, and we go through some different things and we explain some things to you and I see some of you, because I do this a lot, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the one doing this little spiel, I see some of you glaze over a little bit and that's okay, that's okay because you understand every week we have people that are here for the very first time that it might be not understandable to. It's like, what are we, what, what's this envelope for? What's, do you expect me to give? What, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with this card? What do you, what's the expectation? We want to take away any obstacle for someone to come to church. That's why at Life Church, that's, that's the primary reason why we don't put a stipulation on what people wear. We don't say you have to be dressed a certain way to come to church. That's just another barrier that I think a lot of churches put in place that make it harder for people to come to church. That's why uh, we started the West Campus, because there were people, we were finding out that after about a 19-minute drive time, people just weren't coming to church anymore. They, they didn't want to have to drive that far. So we started a campus in the western suburbs so that more people could come to church because it was more accessible to them. You know, that's why we do things like the new building that we're going to build here at the Germantown campus. Uh, you know, there, there's pinch points right now in our services, in our nursery areas, in our early childhood, during peak times. We just don't have room for everybody. We need to expand so that we don't create any more obstacles for people coming to church. That's why, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm excited to see something other than this board and batten Germanic look on the outside of our building. There's people that won't come to church because of a facility. We don't want that to be an obstacle for people coming to church. We want to remove any that we can. We want to increase and, and, and enlarge our territory. That's why we make our service engaging. You know, we have the most creative, most phenomenal message ever. Why not do it in an engaging way? I have fallen asleep at church so many times, and it, you know, my, my daughter, uh, she tells me all the time how, how excited she is to go to church because, man, there's, there's a video and you do a craft, and you do actions to songs, and it's engaging, it's exciting, and maybe sometimes you even get candy. God forbid you get candy at church, but that's why we do things like, life, uh, like uh, Kids Fest. You know, we'll, we'll throw a, a party out here, um, you know, on the parking lot so that people will, you know, can, in a very unintimidating way, come to church and receive a gospel message of Jesus Christ. You know, we have We'll have hundreds of kids that will come here um, at the end of October uh, to participate in that because we don't think that there should be anything that hinders people from coming to faith in Jesus Christ, from coming to church. That's why um, just over five years ago, I remember sitting down with Pastor Aaron and Tammy, and uh, we were talking about coming on to staff at Life Church. And one of the main things that drew me to this church was the, the passion to reach people for Christ. I mean, I, I, that was like the, the number one thing was that I want to be a part of something that is significant. I want to be a part of something where people, 
are added to their numbers daily, those who are being saved, just as the early church did. I want to I see that, and I, I think we have an opportunity to be that church here in Milwaukee. I really do, and I, I'm not preaching this message out of, um, re, or out of reaction, because like, there's like a problem going on or anything like that. I think this is the most phenomenal church in the entire nation. I, I, I really do. I think that this is a phenomenal church, and you guys are awesome but I want to warn us, let us not become apathetic. Let us make sure that we really do love the things that Jesus loved, that we love the local church. Because I believe that the church is for everybody because Jesus is for everybody. I think it you know, might have been John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that whosoever, that means anybody, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Milwaukee so desperately needs a church like ours to step up and to serve this city. And I'm proud to be a, a part of a church like Life Church. I'm going to close with this, Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 23. It says this, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And, what, and get this, in verse 25 it says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Would you bow your heads with me and pray today? And the reason, one of the reasons why we, why we pray after a message is to give you an opportunity spiritually to make a decision, to kind of cement something in your heart. And for some of you today, maybe I, I, my prayer is that this message might have sparked something in you. For some of you, it might be just needing to maybe get involved in a life group this fall. Maybe it's a serving or giving. Or maybe you've become a little bit apathetic in your love for the church my prayer for you is today that you would make a decision, that, you would, make, that you, you would renew your commitment to the local church because it is the hope of the world. It is the greatest institution on the face of this earth. And Jesus loves it deeply. Father, we thank you for your local church. We thank you for what you're doing here at Life Church. We thank you for the hundreds of people that will come to faith in Christ this year. We thank you so much, Lord God, that we are a part of a church that is leaving its thumbprint on this city. And I pray, Lord God, that we would never become apathetic about the church, that we would always love the local church because you always love the church. God, I thank you that we can come here together today. We can worship you. We can hear about you. We can learn more about you and that we can do life together. We love you, and we thank you today. Amen.